get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Just talking about the Blues' lack of game breakers so far this year. You look up and down the stat sheet, it's not hard to see that. They only have a couple of guys that have multiple goals on the season. When you look at this team, do you think they have the potential to have game breakers, or is that something that they desperately need to add once we get to you know trade deadline offseason mode? Yeah, hey guys. Um, I, I mean, I think that they they don't have it necessarily right now as far as talking about what some of the other players are in the league and teams have. But, you know, there's not that many of them that are going to be over 100-point guys that could take over a game individually. I, I do really like Jordan Cairo and, and Robert Thomas. I, I think they're both 24, about 24 years old. So I don't think they're a finished product yet. So I really think they're really nice pieces. So we'll see if they can get to that level um, to be, I guess, deemed and universally as like a game breaker. But, um, you know, there's uh, this Blues teams that I was listening to you guys before you came on, like they're in a delicate spot here because they're a middling team. They have been since they won the cup. So in, in middling means you don't get high picks. So there's a lot of pressure on your um, and there's guys that drafted in late rounds. Uh, there's there's players drafted late first round, you know, that end up being studs more so than the top of the draft. But I mean, you're it, it's hard to locate that. You need some luck involved in that. Um, it, there's a lot of different things that, that kind of go into that equation. But um, you know, this is a a team that I think is in a, really that match or sorry Central Division. You've got St. Louis, Nashville. Winnipeg, and I even start to put the Minnesota Wild in there too. Like, kind of wide open after Colorado, Dallas in that division. So, I mean, that's a tough thing for these teams to 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 kind of decipher. Here is we could potentially make the playoffs, and because it's kind of wide open, but we also don't really believe we have a team to contend for a cup. So, is it, is it necessarily good for us to make the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that catch-22. So, I agree with what you guys said, though. This Blues team's been so good for so long, they haven't really had those high-end picks, and that's why you see organizations like Colorado. It was nasty in Colorado for a while, right? Like, you can go back and think of some of these teams uh, that have had these high picks, and and then they're set up for, like, the next 10, 15 years. So, they're in a delicate spot. Self-evaluation is something really important that needs to happen. I actually think... Doug Armstrong's one of the best in the National Hockey League at self-evaluating the team, and we'll see what they do. Mike, if you're one of those middling teams, is the NHL at the point now where it's so good with that top-level talent that if 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 you're in the middle, kind of like what Nashville just did, you might have to lean into being bad for a year or two to try and get some really good picks and come out on the other side? Or is that just a murky middle to be in when you go that route? It's interesting you said that because I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it right now and I wonder. So 
let's kind of take a couple steps back. Like there's been so many, how do I say this? Cause if you're going in drafts, let's say prior drafts of 20, let's just say in the last 10 years. So since 2014, okay. The prior that, it's hit or miss, and there has been some hit or misses. Uh, you know, there's been high picks in the last number of years that haven't necessarily worked out. But you know what we've had in this last little stretch here? We've had Connor McDavid. We've had Austin Matthews. We've had Nathan McKinnon. We've had, like, I mean, you're naming franchise-changing players. Connor Bedard this year, who I think will end up being a superstar as well. And that used to – there wasn't that many gimmies as far as a guarantee that you're going to get a franchise-changing player. So it's almost gotten to the point now where the only way you're seeing some success or sustained success is when these teams get these picks. So because we've been spoiled with so many absolute, you know, lifetime type players, are we going to see more teams doing what you said? Like, I don't want the league to end up being the teams that have gone through it and the teams that are going through it. And then you're going to have a split in the league. It's going to be you're going to have good teams, and you're going to have really bad teams intentionally, right? So I, I wonder if there's if there's something down the road here, because we keep getting these top picks hitting so good and changing franchises that you're going to have teams addressing because all those middling teams. There's a lot. There's a lot of middling teams. But every net or every market's different. Like you could be a small market team where you're like, hey, you know what? We can't lose because we need that playoff gate, and we can make the playoffs. We need that revenue. And but also I've learned from talking to some GMs and, and, and guys in hockey front offices, it's not even necessarily the gate from playoffs. It's how you build fan bases. You get in a couple, you get in the playoffs for a few years in a row and, and your season ticket, you know, it, it gets going more. You get your corporate sales up more. So not every team's in that situation where they can say, Hey, you know what? We're fine financially. And we're going to, we're going to dial this thing back and we're going to make sure the next 15 years are great. And uh, it, it's a tough spot to be in. We're talking to Mike Rupp, former NHL forward. He's joining us now on 101 ESPN. You can watch him on NHL Network and follow him on Twitter as well, at Rupper, R-U-P-P-E-R-1-7. So, Mike, when you think about this Blues team and and what they have at least the potential to be this season – how do you view them relative to some of the other middling teams in the Central Division? Is, Is there a way for them to battle towards the top of that list? So I, I think the Minnesota Wild are supposed to be better. I, I think they're the one team of those ones I mentioned. I mean, you've got Colorado, Dallas, different class. Like that, that one and two, I don't see any way it's going to change in that division. But after that, the Minnesota Wild theoretically should be the third best team in that division. But they don't look like it right now, right? Like it, they, they look like they're dealing with some stuff too. Um, so, you know, the Winnipeg Jets, I thought they were in a rebuild until right during whatever training camp – you get the extensions for Shifley and Hellebuck where I'm like, Oh, okay. Now these guys look like they've got a chance. Um, Nashville, I think is going to be one that they're going to work extremely hard. They're trying to build something there. I don't see them kind of being that team to jump in there and grab it. I'm actually kind of concerned that the Arizona coyotes, you know, could be a team that, that jumps up and battles for a playoff spot. I, I think that that team is, is a team like you guys mentioned before, they've lost so much. They, they have some, they have a lot of talent and their head coach has them working their tails off. So I, I guess um, I would probably say they got as good of a chance the St. Louis blues as anybody else out of those teams. Um, but you know, it's, I mean, they, they certainly have the more veteran team to be able to kind of figure this stuff out. Uh, but sometimes the, 
ignorance is is a good thing. Having young players who just uh, running around like wild stallions out there, and they end up uh, being the difference. So maybe some of those other teams are in a better spot. So, so Mike, the, the narrative with this Blues team, and you've seen it between last year and this year, has just been inconsistency. For a good stretch, they look like they're starting to get it, and then for the next stretch, they look like they, they forgot what the coaching staff has been asking them to do. You know Craig Berube. You've seen the success that he has had in the NHL as a head coach. Is there a point when you're a player or if you're looking at a team from the outside where you feel like that coach's narrative has been lost by the team? I mean, we always talk about this. Um, I think a job for a coach, and I'm not speaking on this situation because I don't know. I'm not inside that room. But Craig Brube is an incredible coach, and everybody I've ever talked to was like, this guy, you know, Robert, you'd love to play for this guy. Like, he's he keeps it real. He keeps you accountable. I think all those things are very important. So just speaking generically, um, that's a coach's job is to adjust, right? Like, your, your job is when you come in and coach – the message might have to be presented differently in year three and four than it was in one and two. And then when you get to years five and six, it might be differently from those other four years. Like that, that's something that it, you have to evolve with it. You have to be creative with it. Sometimes it's um, having an assistant coach that, that's, that hammers home a message a little bit more, picking your spots a little bit more. I mean, that's always something. I'm not a, I'm not a believer in coaches – just kind of run in their course and then players don't listen. If that's the case, then I don't think the coach has done enough to get the attention of, of the players. And, um, you know, I don't think that's the case here in St. Louis. Um, I, I think that the bigger struggle with this team is when I watch them, when we go back to 2019, like if we just said, what did that, what, what was that team? We'd say it was a big team. Their defense defended. Well, the Jordan Bennington story was incredible. Um, they had they didn't really have necessarily the game breaker. I guess Vlad was the best game breaker they would have, but they had a lot of intangibles, right? Ryan O'Reilly, like they they were a team that was going to play the right way, and you were going to have a hard time getting to their net because of their defense and their goalie was playing really well. 